0: When it comes down to it, Bo Prevula and Drew Aller need these winter workouts the most.
1: You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany
0: Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Saco, your host of Locked On Nittany Lines, joined again by a very esteemed guest that I'm privileged to have back on to talk some Penn State men's hockey on this show. And that is Eric Olson, Penn State men's hockey color commentator, alongside his broadcast partner, Brian Tripp. Eric, it's great to have your expertise again as Penn State's going to take on number one Minnesota here.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a big weekend coming up, and uh, a lot of big points on the line. The final stretch here of the season, only four regular season games remaining. It it goes by fast. You know, in some ways, the season is long and it's a grind. But then, you know, you get to this point in the season, you look back and say, "Wow, geez, that time from October to now went by so fast." But yeah, big weekend coming up.
0: We're going to start with football first and winter workouts and Penn State's got a lot of incredible sports. But and I'm bringing you on, you know, to talk about men's hockey. But of course, you have expertise in football as well. Uh, So winter workouts are going on. Coaches are posting their winter workout warriors. Uh, You know, this guy's won the day. This guy's showing out in practice Uh, for, for you when you look at this. Who are some of the guys that you think need winter workouts the most, whether that's to establish a starting spot or win a key battle? Uh, When you look at winter workouts as a whole, what what do you hope to accomplish when you see news like that from Penn State?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, for one, the biggest thing you look for overall is just, you know, improvement in, in some areas. And you can look at position groups. I know, you know, when you had me on the first time a few weeks ago, we talked about, Winter workouts and some of the groups we're looking to see a, a improvement yeah. in, and and either improvement or you know build on some consistency and some of the things that they established in the fall, and that could be you know defensively the DBs because there's some turnover there, you know the linebackers really taking what they were able to establish and now advancing that even further and becoming that dominant group that we saw towards the end of the season, you know offensive line wise trying to maintain what they were able to establish down the stretch and, you know, some of the new additions. So uh, that's kind of like the overall thing in terms of, you know, boiling it down a little bit more. I think I'm, I'm looking to see, you know, what can be established right now in, in these weeks in terms of just gelling w- with some of these new guys, you know, you bring storm duck in defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how does he fit into the locker room right now? How's he fitting in with Manny Diaz's scheme? You know, what his learning curve is going to be like. It's uh, the right time now. You know, this is what you want those weeks to be used for, trying to establish that. You know, there's some guys. Obviously, you're underclassmen that are going to be looking to you know get bigger and stronger and faster and really you know develop into their position more. And then you have the upperclassmen who are not only trying to improve their bodies as well if they need to, but also maintain some things and, and try to work on their craft. But I'm looking to see how are those new additions establishing themselves you know Storm Duck and the receivers that were brought in how are they gelling right now with the quarterbacks Aller and Prabula? because you know Prabula got a a really good shout out um, one of the days and it seems like he's having a great uh, start to winter workouts as well Drew is the guy of course everyone knows that but I think Bo is going to be someone that can push him and drive him to to be even better right now.
0: I'll take that a step further, Eric, because you make a lot of great points. But uh, specifically with this Penn State team, uh, because they're losing all six captains, they, they are getting all brand new captains. So even with the veterans coming back, you know, I imagine that a Curtis Jacobs will be a captain when all said and done. Uh, that's kind of the the guarantee. Maybe a Hunter Norzad or an Olu Fashion. I think if you want to, if you wanted me to sit right back and, and guarantee some guys, I'd say Curtis Jacobs and, and Olu Fashionu, and maybe an Adisa Isaac. Yeah. But with that, with that being said, you know they they talked about the quarterback saying that they need to see some leadership from two guys that are true sophomores. This they are going into their second year of football, not just well, this is their second season after the redshirt. No, they went through the learning curve, and both Prabula and Drew. Have, Drew's a, a true sophomore and Bo's in his uh, in his redshirt freshman year, but they're both in their second year is what I'm getting at. So this leadership, you hope that Sean Clifford passed off uh, enough to them, enough knowledge so that they're ready to go, because you want one. You want your quarterback to be a captain, one of those six. Uh, and I think that's where Bo Prevula, he just has that he has that football uh, mentality, I guess, is what I've heard. A lot of people say there's so many different ways to describe it. The it factor. Uh, and I think that translates well to leadership. So uh, on top of everything you said, and, you know, the moving parts with the transfer portal, I think this Penn State team doesn't have a problem with the leadership identity, but they can if they don't figure it out.
1: No, it's a, this is a great point because, you know, there's teams where, your like everyone looks at the quarterback as the de facto leader regardless of mm-hmm. you know what their personality is or that's just the nature of the position right in in football like your quarterback is going to be one of your guys and and he has to be the, the way the quarterback commands the offense and things like that so you bring up a great point you know Penn State hasn't had this situation no. right since Christian Hackenberg when you know he comes in as as a young guy and he's you know put into the starting role and he has to take on that that leadership role and ever since then it's been quarterbacks who had time to sit and see what it was like in front of them and then they're you know a little bit older when they come in uh, to that opportunity but yeah you bring up a, a great point leadership wise it's it's not an easy thing to do you know it, obviously drew has earned a lot of respect from his freshman year from some guys, but now that he has to step into that role, it's, it's something different. And, and Bo is going to help him out a, a lot as well. If you can have a really tight knit quarterback room, it's going to make the the biggest difference in the world. And, and you need a capable backup as well, because if something happens to Aller, you got to have a guy that yeah. can come in. And, and I think Penn state's pretty uh, set right now with these two guys.
0: I think Drew and Bo, just in general, the quarterback room uh, are the obvious choices when you want to ask, well, who benefits the most from these winter workouts, Uh, specifically for you, Eric, which players uh, do you think can benefit uh, or even be hurt by the workouts if they don't do what they're expected to do? Just who has a lot on the line in this phase of the offseason?
1: Yeah, I think, like you said, quarterback wise, it's really important. You have to see and you want to see those improvements in winter workouts and then over the summer in training camp and things like that and you know i can you know stay on the offense and look at the running backs and you know singleton and allen because what they were able to do their freshman year obviously everybody knew coming in hey these are two pretty talented guys yeah but no one knew what type of season they were going to have and a lot of it boiled down to what can the offensive line do for them can Clifford put them in good situations, things like that, and then they have this monster season. Both of them do. Now, it's expected, right? So you have to do the things you need to do to put yourself in a position to get better. You know, that's, that's the baseline now. That season's the baseline. Anything less than that is going to look, be looked at as a, a regression, and you can't have that, especially if the playoff is the aspiration. So I think it's a big opportunity for these two guys to make improvements, get stronger, get faster, uh, be able to grow more in the offense and try to carry that over into next season. So I think quarterback-wise, running back-wise, it has to mesh so well. Those are areas that I'm looking to see that, hey, these are players who have big opportunities here to try to improve. And you can expand it from there to a couple of the receivers obviously mentioning the transfer portal, mm-hmm. what type of connection can they make? Uh, I'm not so much looking at defensive guys right now because I think it's just, you know, work out. See what you can improve. You know, you're going to learn some more being put into to bigger roles. And, you know, Manny Diaz now going into his second season here in Happy Valley. What type of tweaks is he going to make to the defense? I think I'm looking more on the offensive side of the ball right now at those positions and saying you know Penn State is going to get where it needs to go or where it wants to go with the offense the defense is going to put them in good situations but the offense has to be able to convert and put up points and make big plays the season is going to come down to can they score points and I think we've seen that in in these playoff games you know they're not 21 14 games you know they're they're high scoring games you got to be able to put up points.
0: Just for the sake of it, because I completely agree with you, I will uh, just nominate a couple of guys on the defense. And they're both second-year players. You know, you nom- Singleton, Aller, Probula, Allen. Uh, but if you look at the defense, you want Abdul Carter to really uh, embrace, continue to embrace yeah. that number 11 uh, and not just be a flash in the pan. You want him to be an All-American. You want him to be a, a true superstar and not just like, okay, hey, he, he's on our radar now. How does he handle that? And then because the defensive line, just because everyone thinks that this group uh, is probably the weakest link defensively. Uh, I think there I, I don't really think there's a weak link, but just what with what people are saying, everyone's assessment is Zane Durant. I think when you have P.J. Mustafer move on another captain, I might add, uh, and I've heard a lot of promise about Zane Durant. I think he can push for that that spot by uh, Hakeem Beeman, and I know there's Devon Ellis. I know there's uh, Kaziah Izard, um, but the but Zane Durant has a a lot of similar potential that where he can be an All Big Ten type of player and, and maybe even push into that All America conversation as well. So. Those are guys that I would throw in just for the sake of you know, yeah, points. At, yeah. These games are fifty-five to fifty-two, but uh, defense needs to stop them from getting those uh, tying points at yeah. the end of it. It is locked on Nittany Lions. Eric Olson joining me here. I am Zach Seiko. We're talking some Penn State men's hockey as they take on number one Minnesota next. Today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here now. is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So, all you got to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. Pick your favorite NBA bets, all of which include the money line spreads totals the core markets then you have player props like points rebounds assists etc and there's so many other exclusive bets like the two by three two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay so don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com locked on that is fanduel.com locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out the brand new show, and that is Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I am Zach Seiko, joined by a very special guest, Eric Olson. Penn State men's hockey color commentator, and we are previewing Penn State men's hockey and Minnesota, number one versus number five in the pairwise. Penn State at home, Pagula. Now they went out to Minnesota and did pick up a victory the last time these two teams faced, but a lot has changed since that first uh, series meeting, uh, Eric. When we last met on the show. We talked about, you know, where can men's hockey go from the bye week? Uh, They get that they get that extra time coming off the Ohio State series. And now they get that full window to prepare for Minnesota. So from what you've seen, what you've heard, what you're ultimately expecting, where do you think Penn State focused most of its attention going into this series?
1: Yeah, so, you know, obviously rest and recovery was a big component. And the team at this point is looking to. Maintain consistency in the things they're doing well and focus on some of the things they're trying to improve on. And it's not a lot of big picture stuff. You know, the way they approach making improvements is, you know, they look at what they evaluate after every game and say, okay, these are the areas that we met our standards in based on the eye test and also based on the numbers that they look at. And then they try to see what are the areas we need to improve on. What can we address in practice to do that? And guys talked about this a lot where it's it's a very fine line between working on things in practice and not detracting from other things. Hockey is one of those sports where, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you work on some things in practice to try to fine tune something or improve on something. But you also need to do things that you were doing well to reinforce that so it's a mix of both it's not necessarily hey these are five things we need to go work on we're going to spend one practice doing that because now you've just spent an entire practice not doing something to maintain what you were doing well so it's a very fine line between focusing on what to improve on and also maintaining things you did well so that's how they approach practice and yeah, it's pretty much what they've been working on uh, with these off days here, um, and they had a great event uh, on the bye week, charity event for sled hockey, uh, where they, they played a, a sled hockey team. And guy was talking about this at media during the week. They raised over twenty thousand uh, dollars for sled hockey charity, which is an incredible number. Um, you know, the Roar Zone came out to support. Community members came out to support to watch this game between Penn State players and. Uh, sled hockey team that was a, a you know, a mix, mix of ages and skills. And Dylan Lugaris really spearheaded this effort to, to create this opportunity. And the team fully ran this event. And, and that's what made guys so proud is all the players were involved in some aspect, whether it was playing on the ice. If you weren't playing, you were coaching. You were part of game day operations. You were running the music. You were doing PA announcing, hitting the goal horn. Um, everybody had a role and, you know, the normal game day operations were, were hands off. So the team fully embraced that. That was a fun thing they got to do during the bye week but now it's focusing on Minnesota and what Penn state can do to be successful against them, which is playing to their identity. This is a really good golden gopher team. I asked guy earlier in the week, you know, this is one of those series in the season where it's been a long time since you've seen the team you're playing. Yep. And both teams change between then and now, and Penn State especially. And Guy said, you know, we're a very different team than we were the last time we played Minnesota. And we're a better team now, he said, than we were back then. And that's evident because they found some consistency in some lines. The freshmen have really grown, especially guys on defense. They've improved in some areas of trying to cut down on taking penalties, and that's that's another point. Uh, I'll talk about it in a second here. But from the time they played Minnesota the first time to now, in a very, very different team, in a very different position, now they're fighting for you know, uh, home ice in the first round, yeah. fighting for a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They have a lot to play for this weekend.
0: And so does Minnesota. I mean, they're going after the, to maintain that number one ranking. uh, And they are also looking to clinch the big 10 title. Uh, They had the chance against Wisconsin. They couldn't get it done. uh, So they have their sights set on that against the Nittany Lions. And they're aware of the Nittany Lions. Uh, I I think early in the season, Penn State was sneaking up on some teams, uh, but now... They've garnered that respect. I mean, they should. They're top five in the country and the pair wise. They're top 10 like as a consensus here. Uh, we know that Ben Shone's not going to be available out for the season. So where where has Penn State changed in regards of who's going to get not necessarily his minutes, but uh, his responsibilities? Where is the slack going to be picked up?
1: Yeah, it, it was tough when the injuries did start to pile up. And, you know, I can say they are still without Ryan Kerwin. who is a really important forward and arguably the best shooter on the team. He is now day-to-day, though, so he's getting closer. He's probably not going to play this weekend. Wisconsin in the regular season finale is a possibility, but I think for sure we're looking at first round of the tournament, you get Ryan Kerwin back, which is going to be a huge, huge uh, infusion back into the lineup offensively. Uh, I can tell you, you know, this weekend – Connor McMenamin and Jared Crespo are expected to play. Those were two guys uh, that had been injured and uh, they play important roles. Jared Crespo, freshman defenseman. He's really come on strong the past couple of weeks before he got hurt. Uh, he's been partnered with Carter Shade, who's a fellow freshman. Those two have become a really solid pair together. They're playing great hockey, so it's good to get Crespo back this weekend. And McMenamin, who's a senior forward, he's a great 200-foot player. He can score, he's so good defensively, kills penalties. You need a guy like him in your lineup. When it comes to, you know replacing Ben Shone, who's a playmaker, he's skilled, can go up and down the ice. You know, they're still waiting on on Kerwin, of course. I think he is someone that can make up for what Schoen isn't going to be able to bring to the ice right now. But then you also have guys like Tyler Grattan who, had a great weekend at Ohio State he looked the fastest he's looked all season he played with a tenacity and nose for the net scored some goals I think he's a guy that can contribute a little bit more offensively and I know the coaching staff is looking for that so there's some guys who if you look at the the stat sheet you might say uh you know they haven't scored a lot this year yeah they're not they're not a big impact offensively but they are and it's with the way penn state plays hockey so christian sarlo xander lampa tyler paquette tyler gratton they all play with this identity that they're gonna try to outwork you and win battles win pucks and get pucks to the net if they do that they're gonna put some goals in and we've seen all those guys make flashy plays this season but when they're at their best it's playing that tough style of hockey where I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to beat you to the puck. I'm going to take the puck from you and I'm either going to score. or I'm going to set up a guy who's going to score on you. So those, it's kind of a, a group of guys that, you know, you you don't want to be top heavy in hockey. I can tell you that. And there are some top top heavy teams in the country right now. You have to have the depth when you go into postseason play. Penn state has that depth. It's just a matter of, getting those points and getting that execution and sometimes you can make great plays and not end up on the stat sheet and we've seen guys do that so i think as a group they're in a really good spot they're getting healthy again it's the right time of year to get healthy and start playing your best hockey and then you look at a, a team like minnesota and what they've been able to do they have one of the best lines in hockey mm-hmm. with matthew Nyes jimmy Snuggerud, logan cooley they are just putting up point after point. All three of those guys are over a point per game players, mm-hmm. but Minnesota is a testament to depth as well up and down their lineup. They can score their blue line is phenomenal. They have one of the best decors in the country. They've racked up 107 points themselves alone, just the defensemen. So they're guys you have to look out for as well. They can score on you and they can also defend very well because they don't want their goaltender just in close facing a lot of shots.
0: It is locked on Nittany Lions with special guest Eric Olson, Penn State men's hockey color commentator. I'm Zach Seiko, your host. We're talking Penn State hockey versus Minnesota, number one versus number five in the Parawise for over the course of Friday and Saturday in the Pagula Ice Arena. Penn State can really solidify its spot and have no doubt if they I think if they get a win here. Uh, there's no doubt that they're making the NCAA tournament. Even if things don't go well in the Big Ten tournament, that they will get that at-large bid. Uh, but of course, you you want to just uh, you want to take care of business. You don't want to leave it up to chance here. But that Minnesota team. So you started mentioning some of the players. Uh, Cooley and, and Sugaroo, are they're they're both freshmen. <laughs> they uh, and they've been and they built chemistry over time together as well on the United States uh, U-18 team. Uh, they were the leading scorers for that team, scoring over 60 points uh, in, in the past season. So not only do they have chemistry, they have talent. Uh, and this Minnesota team, they're very young. I think they had one of the largest freshman classes come in in this cycle. Uh, they got a lot of lot of offensive guys, a few defensive guys, and a goalie. Uh, but this was a team that was expected to be back in the spotlight after losing to Minnesota State in, in the uh, Frozen Four last year.
1: Yeah, and they they built for for this season. And obviously the the young talent that they brought in uh, has made a huge impact. And Cooley and Snuggarood have the chemistry, they have the history together. I think it's well known that Cooley was a Penn State target and Penn State was one of his last teams after he decommitted from Notre Dame. Um, Penn State came real close to getting him, And I think one of the big reasons he chose Minnesota was because a lot, of, a lot of his former teammates and friends were, were going to go play there. So, and, you know, it, it's tough for Penn State to not get a guy like that, but um, Cooley's a, an outstanding player. The Arizona Coyotes are going to be getting a, a really good player once, when he decides he's done with college hockey, whether that's after this season or next season. And he's a, a guy that can play with a lot of skill. When he has the puck, you have to watch out. When you know, we saw him up in Minnesota, in the first half of the season, he was looking to make plays. And we saw his youth, I think, at that point, because there were mm-hmm. times he he made too much or he was trying to do too much, and he turned the puck over a little bit. I think he's gotten better at that this season. You know, it's right place, right time, when to make those plays, but he has a nose for the net. It's it's a dangerous line to defend because Matthew Nyes has an outstanding shot. He's a big body. He's tough to knock off mm-hmm. the puck. Snuggerud's a playmaker. Cooley's a playmaker. They both can put the puck in the net. I mean, all three of those guys have 14 or more goals on the year. So when you're looking at a line to defend, you're looking at that. But then you also have a veteran like Bryce Brodzinski, who's putting the puck in the net as well. He's been a a thorn in Penn State's side when it comes to scoring goals. So it's a tough team to defend, but a team that Penn State can absolutely play with. They outshot Minnesota in both games up there in Minneapolis, won the first night, lost the second night, One of the things that hampered them in Game 2 was taking penalties. They took six penalties. A third of Minnesota's shots in that game came on the power play. So this is a team you got to stay out of the box against. And really, we can say that from here on out because if you give a team three, four, five power play opportunities, it's either going to bite you because it went in the net or it's going to bite you because now you've lost momentum offensively and they're starting to rack up some shots. So Minnesota's a team you don't want to give power play opportunities to that's one of the big keys for this weekend for Penn State. If you can stay out of the box, play them five on five, you have the speed and the skill and the offensive scheme to absolutely go up against Minnesota and put goals in the back of the net. They have the ability to break them down defensively, even though they have one of the best defensive cores in the country. This is a really intriguing matchup. I think this is a series where you can At the end of it, you can either say, yeah, Penn State's playing really good hockey right now. They're ready for postseason play. Or you're going to say, there's still a few things to tweak before they're really at that level. But we have another weekend ahead of us in Wisconsin. So this is going to be a really, really entertaining series, I think.
0: Yeah. And Wisconsin just, uh, of course beat, uh, Minnesota. Well, they split the series. They beat, you know, Minnesota took one was, Wisconsin took the other. Um, and that defensive, I think Minnesota's a better defensive team just because they had so much turnover offensively. And yes, you did get the, the young talent. Like I said, Cooley is one of the, I mean, he's one of the best NHL prospects for as young as he is. He's top five, according to the athletic and they had, but the defensive guys, the, uh the the goalie and uh you also had guys like brock faber you know on this team but he's not gonna be in this game he's not gonna be in the series he's gonna be missing so where can Penn State exploit that matchup?
1: Faber's a, a really talented guy and that's uh that's yep. a key loss for Minnesota right now and it's it's looking like he is gonna be out for potentially a few weeks and you know one of the last things I read was He's, he's expected to be back at the time of the season that it matters for Minnesota. Look, Minnesota is going to lock up the regular season. Mm-hmm. It's basically a formality at this point, whether it happens this weekend or in the final weekend. And they'll have that first round bye in the Big Ten tournament. And they'll they'll be playing a semifinal and looking to, to be hosting a, a championship game. So they're... Really, their season comes down to the NCAA tournament because they're a team that wants to win that this year. So I think he should be back by then, most likely, just based on some of the early things I've seen. So he's a big loss for them right now. But you have Jackson Lacombe, who's another veteran defenseman. He's fourth in scoring on this team. So I mentioned that trio of Nye, Snuggerud, and Cooley. Well, then you got Jackson Lacombe, who's fourth on the team in points. He can score. He racks up assists. He doesn't have a lot of power play goals, which means he's scoring at at five-on-five or in other situations. So he's a guy that can make a big impact in games. And for Penn State to be able to break them down defensively and get to Justin Close, who I'll be the first one to admit, when the net went to Justin Close last year after Jack LaFontaine uh, signed with Carolina, I, I really wasn't a believer. I, I didn't think he was the guy who hadn't played much hockey at all. No one knew much about him. Could he come in, you know, just past the midway point of the season and, and be a difference maker for the team? And he proved that down the stretch. He won a ton of games, had a great tournament run. He's a smaller guy. I think he's listed at only, you know, 5'10", whatever. He is under 200 pounds. When you're looking at him in net, it's – deceptive. So in the Big Ten, there's so many good goalies. You got really big goaltenders like Eric Portillo and Jakob Dobesh, who are 6'4 and up. I mean, Portillo is like 6'6, over 200 pounds. Dobesh is, I think, 6'4, 6'5, over 200 pounds. These guys are monsters, literally, in the net. They take up so much space. So as a shooter, you don't have a lot to look at when you're looking at the net. When it comes to close, he's a smaller guy. You have more of the net you're looking at. And it can be a little deceptive because you think there's space, but he's so athletic that he can take that space away from you. It's like a little teaser. Oh, you want to come here? High glove. Go ahead. I'm going to take it away as you shoot. So he's really a really strong goaltender. He's been tough for Penn State to score against. You have to get to the front of the net against him, which means you have to play Penn State's brand of hockey, which is winning pucks in deep. Mm getting shots to the net and getting bodies to the net. You can't be getting perimeter shots because if he can see it, he's going to stop it. You have to get bodies to the front of the net, try to get second and third chance opportunities on him. If you can do that, you're going to get chances to put it in the net and be successful. So if Penn State's going to do well, it's because they're getting opportunities in the dangerous areas of the ice. If they're struggling a bit, it's because Minnesota's been able to keep them to the perimeter and that's when penn state has struggled the most against teams is they're not getting to those dangerous areas of the ice you mentioned the wisconsin series uh, last for minnesota they win night one but they win night one being outshot by the badgers and they win it because they scored on their quality opportunities game two when wisconsin wins um they had the puck minnesota did for basically that entire third period wisconsin only had five shots in the third I watched the, the second half of that third period. Minnesota had the puck the entire time. Moving it around offensively, the Badgers blocked a ton of shots, and that's what you have to be committed to defensively, blocking shots, playing well in front of your goaltender to keep Minnesota out of the net. And even then, it's going to be tough to do. But it's interesting, night one, Minnesota wins. They only had 10 shots through the first two periods. They ended up racking up, I think, 28 overall. But 10 shots through two periods, they had a 3 nothing lead. After that, if they get quality opportunities, they're gonna score with all the talent that they have.
0: Eric, you kind of got into it there. The keys to beating Minnesota, as Wisconsin showed that this is this is the blueprint if you want to get the best of the number one golden gophers here. So ultimately, a final question here. What are you expecting from the series? Uh Penn State, I think it's gonna to be tough to sweep, but uh the split I think is very realistic here, being that it's in Pagula. You got the rest, Minnesota it, it had to play Wisconsin very recently. They didn't get the same kind of break that Penn State did. Uh, so there's also that rest versus rest debate coming into for the Nittany Lions. So what are you ultimately expecting for the flow of this series?
1: I, I think a split is certainly reasonable and within reality. I think it's it's absolutely doable and that they're going to be looking for a sweep. They're going to be looking for every point they can get because second place isn't out of reach. Minnesota has a five-point lead right now mm-hmm. uh, on Penn State. That's going to be tough to make up, but you know, you get a sweep and Minnesota, Michigan rather gives you some help. Anything can happen, but Penn State's playing for home ice still. they got to rack up points. Uh, I'm probably looking at a split this week, and I think they can absolutely win one. You know, you lose one, you hope it's a a close loss or they at least play well in it, but they need to get three points at a minimum this weekend because they're currently sitting in sixth place. Now they have two games in hand on Michigan and Notre Dame who are one point ahead. So if you can get at least three points, you're putting yourself in a much better situation to get at least fourth place at a minimum and secure home ice in that first round, but Anything less than that, and now you're, you're really looking at needing to sweep Wisconsin. Now, the team's not looking ahead to that, of course. That's yeah. what we can do here. But three points at a minimum has to be the goal in order to put themselves on the right foot to getting home ice.
0: And if you want to do this right, if you can't make the game because it's going to be sellout crowds in Pagula, you can listen to Eric and Brian Tripp, as broadcast partner on gopsusports.com for both these games that are going to be played at 630 Eastern time on Penn State's home ice. Eric, before I let you go, how else, can, how else should people follow you, follow the team, keep up with everything uh, as Penn State men's hockey looks to really make a push in the NCAA tournament uh, with their eyes on the Frozen Four?
1: Yeah, social media is a great way to do it. Um, you know, my partner Brian Tripp does a, a lot of great stuff uh, with all, all Penn State sports, and um, you know he does a, a feature with hockey uh, during the week called Morning Skate with Brian Tripp. And this week's video already came out. It's uh, Darts with Guy Gadaski. So they had a really good conversation. So be sure to check that out. Uh, follow the team's social media, and you can check out Brian and I uh, on Twitter, and you know see what. We're looking at coming into the game. Usually, we'll, we'll post some sort of, you know, uh, preview beforehand uh, of the weekend.
0: Go PSU sports.com. If you want to hear the you, you definitely want to listen to the call. Uh, if you can't make it to the game in person for Brian and Eric uh, covering the team uh, live as it goes on. But Eric, thank you so much for the time. Again, always appreciate the insight, the, uh, the insider knowledge about the team and can't wait for our next conversation uh, as they you know look to get that home ice advantage in the big 10 tournament. So it'll be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, of course, Zach. Appreciate it. It's a fun time of year to be talking hockey.
0: Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Check out the brand new show, and that is Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked on College Basketball. Available on YouTube And wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to the Locked on Nittany Lions YouTube. If you haven't already, follow on Twitter, my personal account at Zach underscore Seiko and the show account at Locked on Nittany. More content to come. Of course, Penn State football as the winter workout news comes about. We'll be able to bring it to you here and more position previews for the 2023 season. That'll all be on the way here on Locked on Nittany Lions.